Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning. We are excited you're here today as we are in our third week of our series entitled Won't You Be My Neighbor, which obviously is a play on uh, the classic show, Mr. Rogers, which is uh, an amazing show for me. I grew up watching it, so I'm actually excited for this Thanksgiving. I don't know if anybody else knows, but the, the movie's coming out Thanksgiving Day, and we typically aren't ones that go watch a movie on Thanksgiving Day, but this year, we may change it up to go see it because, man, I'm, I'm a pump for it, and my kids are big fans of uh, the spinoff show, which is Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. So it's kind of incredible if you think about a show. This thing has been going on since like 1968, right? Mr. Rogers went from 1968 to 2001, and it's still like lasting the test of time. And really why it's lasting the test of time, because it shows us how to treat people. It shows us how to treat our neighbor. It shows us how to to love others, and it shows us how to care for those that that are in need. And what's incredible, if you do a little background on Mr. Rogers and, and Fred Rogers himself, it's really who he was. And the reason it was who he was is because he, he's a follower of Christ. In fact, he's actually, uh, he was an ordained minister and an ordained Presbyterian minister and had his degree in divinity. So it's kind of crazy if you look at that, but really he took this series. Right? He tried to live out the gospel and he understood what, what we're learning through this series that the heart of the gospel is loving your neighbor. Right? The heart of the gospel is loving your neighbor. And again, this takes, uh, we're looking at a passage of scripture in Isaiah that really shows us who our neighbor is and how to love others as well. So if you want to, we'll jump right there. We're going to review this. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 17. Um, and again, Isaiah is actually one of the, the major prophets. So it's a prophetic word kind of speaking to the, the Israelites of that time. And also he kind of spoke to some different uh, things that people were going through, social economic issues as well. And he says this in Isaiah 1:17. It says, learn to do right, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, and plead the case of the widow. And listen, when we do these things, when we do these things, we're being a neighbor. And this is contagious. It lasts the test of time. Because what it is, is love. And love lasts the test of time. Love itself is contagious. And this is why God gave us love. This is why God loved us so much. And God loved us so much that he gave us his son to live on a cross, to, to live a perfect life, die on a cross, and, and live and be resurrected so that we can have a connection with him, so we can have a relationship with him because it's all about love. And then he talks through this and says, we have to accept this love. And listen, some of the times it's, it's hard for us to accept love. And maybe you came in here today and you think like, yeah, I'm, I'm just unworthy. Right? I'm unworthy of the love that, that God has shown me. Right? I'm unworthy of, I, maybe I shouldn't even be at church today because I'm, I'm afraid what's going to happen, right? Because I'm just unworthy. Listen, the gift of love from God is a gift. It comes from his grace and it comes from his mercy. And nobody in here is worthy. That's why he had to send his son Jesus for it. But that's the gift that we have. That's the gift that's available to all of us, no matter how you walked in here. That's the gift that each and every one of us have because of his grace and because of his mercy. And then we have to accept it. But not only that, God wants us to show that love to others. God wants us to share that love with others. God wants us to love our neighbors. In fact, this is how we eternal, this is how we inherit eternal life. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 29, which we've reviewed, but we'll review it again here. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit 
eternal life. So here's this teacher, this, uh, this ex- expert in the law, and he's asking Jesus, like, really, what should I do? Really, he's actually trying to test Jesus, but he's asking a question that we all ask. Like, what's it take? Like, how far do I go? What am I supposed to do? So Jesus answered like he typically answers. He answered with a question. He says, what's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? So then the expert replied and answered. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. Love God and love your neighbor. Right? That is it. That's the heart of the gospel. God's given us his love so that we can love him back and we show our love back and how we love our neighbors. That's the heart of the gospel. In fact, Jesus says, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. And it says, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So this is the question we all have. We want to find the limit. Right? So he's like, well, how far do I have to take this? How far, how far am I loving somebody? Who is my neighbor? And like, how far does this whole love thing that I'm supposed to give to others extend? Right? So this is really what the series is all about. Who's our neighbor and how we're supposed to love them. How we live out the gospel. And what's incredible is that God's love extends to everyone. God's love extends to everyone. Jesus died for everyone. All we have to do is accept it. And we're supposed to extend that love the same way. But so many times what happens is, is that we put limitations on the love that we give. And one of those limitations that we started off this series out with was this thing called racism. Right? Racism stops love faster than anything else. Because again, racism isn't just the presence of hatred, it's the absence of love. And because of that, racism isn't a skin issue, it's a sin issue. And it's one of the things that stops us from being a good neighbor faster than anything else. And then last week we jumped in and we talked about how we need to love the orphans, how the orphans are our neighbor, and how even our neighbors, they're, they're not just stats, right? They're not just statistics, but a neighbor has a name, a face, and a story. And although we can't do everything, we can do something, and we can slow down enough to, to know their names, right? to, to know their faces, to hear their story. What we're doing is we're talking about learning what to do is right and talking about how to implement that in our lives. We're talking about seeking justice. We're talking about encouraging the oppressed. And I want to continue today and talk about how we do these things by loving the poor. So let's just jump in. And for some of you guys are thinking like, dude, this is going to be a good one. So instead of like you telling me to love someone else, Corbin, like this is the one where people get to love me because I'm the poor person, right? Let's just be honest. How many of you have ever felt poor before, right? All right, so we, got, we got some of us, right? Maybe it's in college when you're living on ramen noodles. Right? For, for me, it was living on 99-cent chicken nuggets. Little did you know that you could actually go to Chipotle in the early 2000s and get a bowl of rice for 55 cents. You could split that in half, and that's like two days' worth of food right there, right? right? That's, like, that's a whole nother level. Right? For some of us, we've experienced this. We felt poor before. Maybe some of us are there right now. I'm like, maybe this is actually kind of what you're living at. Let's check this meme out here, right? Your financial status is that you just rinsed a paper plate off, right? Right? We've been there before. <laughs> some of these are funny. So let's just go through some of these memes real quick. And here's another one. <laughs> when your credit card gets declined and you remember you're broke, so you fake being surprised. That's when we've been there before. Like, oh, really? That didn't go through. You knew you were going. You knew you were on a, living on a prayer at that moment. Like, dude, I hope. I hope that that check I wrote, because like, I never write checks, but I hope that that check I wrote for my kid's fundraiser hasn't cleared yet. Because come on, baby, we can play. We're going to get there, right? Right? That's one of us. Maybe another one is this. Like, this is the, this is the diet we live on. No lunch for me. I'm on a diet called I have $5 till Friday. Right? We just wait until payday to hit. 
You know when the businesses and stuff around town and lunches are business, the people got paid because they are going on Friday and they're getting lunch, right? Because they all of a sudden they've got more money, right? And here, here's probably the, the best one for us. This is totally us. You know you're broke when your baloney doesn't have a first name. And listen, I don't know if this is actually because we're broke, but there's a whole other thing called cheap, and that's totally me. <laughs> we buy the Audi brand baloney, let's just say it. And then uh, finally, don't I'm going to speak over here now. <laughs> and then finally, for all my uh, tech people, let's get the new, this is the best. This is the new computer out there, right? This is the Apple, right? <laughs> it's not called being poor, it's called creativity, right? How many of us have been there before, right? <laughs> Maybe you're there now, but here's what I know about being poor and, and poverty. It's relative, right? right? We may think we're poor, right? We may be praying again that some people haven't cashed their checks. We're trying to make it to Friday. We're trying to, to hope that that one swipe doesn't go through before a bank account gets the check and the, the direct deposit. We're trying all those things, but again, that's relative, right? There's like a whole nother level as well, and there's a level that's real, right? There's another level that, that includes homelessness. There's another level that, that includes real hunger, right? Not just rationing some Chipotle rice, right? There's a, another level that includes hunger. There's another level that, that includes third world countries. And the truth is it's real. Some of us, we may have even experienced that in this room. Some of us, we may know people that have experienced that in this room as well. It's poverty, right? It's a whole nother level. It looks like this, right? And the truth is it's real. Right? Poverty is impacting so many people in the world. In fact, if you look at nearly half the world's population, so about 3 billion people live on $2.50 or less a day. 1 billion, 1 billion children in the world are living in poverty. 800 million people do not have enough food to eat throughout the world. And listen, that's not just throughout the world. That's, there's, this is a problem in the United States as well. There's 38.1 million people living in poverty in the United States of America. Listen, poverty is real. There are people that are poor. There are people that are poor and there are neighbors. It's real. But let's just check it out. What is poverty? What is poverty? How do we know it? How do we, how do we know if they're a neighbor and how do we love them as well? I think most Americans, we define poverty as a lack of something material. I mean, we just did this, didn't we? Right? With those memes, we just kind of talked about some material things, right? In fact, even in the stats, I listed this. Like we base, we base poverty on a, a lack of material items, maybe a lack of income, maybe a, a lack of, uh, of adequate housing, there's not enough food, not enough clean water. Right? We base it on, on poor health care. Right? We view poverty as, as some material things. Right? For some of us, we're like, we don't have a new iPhone 11 out yet, so we're like, we feel like, man, I'm, just, I'm living in the poor house. Right? My wife was rocking like the iPhone 5SE, and you're thinking like, dude, like seriously, like Corbin, like you are cheap, right? It's true. Right? But for some of us, that's what we think. We think, oh man, we don't have the newest of this. We don't have heated seats in our car. We don't have whatever it is, this, these material things. But it's so much more than this. Poverty is so much more than this. See, when we just define poor as a lack of material items, we can't truly neighbor. Instead, what we end up doing is just enabling. We end up just accommodating some issues without really addressing the need. See, the truly poor define poverty as a mindset. And let's just be honest, when I say that, when we do this, when we define poor as a mindset, it hits a little closer to home. I mean, chances are you know somebody with a poverty mindset. Chances are you might even be somebody with a poverty mindset, right? A mindset filled with shame, a mindset filled with regret, 
A mindset filled with this, this feeling of, of worthlessness. And a mindset filled with, with fear, with, filled with, with hopelessness, filled with humiliation. A mindset that keeps us from moving forward. What that is, that's a mindset of poverty. It's a mindset where we feel trapped. A mindset where we maybe feel uneducated to take the next step forward. A mindset where we really feel stuck. Right? This takes poverty to a next level. This takes poor to the next level. And it brings them right to our neighborhood. Where we're forced to ask the question, won't you be my neighbor? And here's what I want us to understand about poor. Here's what I want us to understand about poverty. Here's what I really want us to understand about maybe, maybe how we define ourselves and, and our neighbors. The root of all poverty is brokenness. The root of all poverty is brokenness. This is why it goes beyond material things. This is why it hits closer to home than, than we even think as well. Because the root of it's brokenness. And there's so many people living in brokenness. Right? There's people with a, with a broken relationship, even with themselves, where they feel unworthy, where they're degrading themselves and saying negative things about themselves. Right? Right? There's people with this broken relationship with self, and what it is, it's just a low self-esteem, and what it is, it's poverty. There's people with broken relationship with others, maybe because they, they have a, a, a lack of self-awareness, right? So really what they're doing, they have this self-centeredness that they're almost really exploiting others and exploiting themselves into, into this own seclusion, right? And what it is, it's poverty. There's broken systems, political, economical, social, spiritual, that are, that are hurting us all around, and people are living in brokenness, and they're our neighbors. For some of us, there's the broken relationship with God. And listen, this is why we live in a sin-filled, painful world. Because there's many people that have a broken relationship with God. And what it is is spiritual poverty. And the truth is, without God, we've all been there before. right? Without God, we are all poor. We are all broken. And the only thing, the only thing that can fix it is love. And more specifically, the love of God. The love of God through Jesus Christ. This is why the gospel is the gospel. This is why the gospel is the good news, right? Because it's love, and it's the love that can fix the brokenness. It's the love that can help the poor. It's the love that can help the poverty and can help our neighbor. Listen, Jesus is the one who saves, heals, and sets free, and we're called to use his power to do the same thing, to share that love with others. We're called to love the broken. In fact, while Jesus was preaching in the midst of his ministry, he gave some instruction on how to treat those in need and why it's so important. And we see this in now Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. We'll spend some time here. I don't think I plugged the YouVersion Bible app, so we'll just plug it now. If you don't have a Bible, we always shamelessly plug the YouVersion Bible app. You can put it right on your phone so you can read your Bible every day. Listen, we are a church that believes in the Bible, and we believe it's how, something that you shouldn't just wait till Sunday to hear me tell you what I think about it, but you should actually dig into it every single day, learn about it, study it, read it, and apply it as well. But check us out, Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. It says this, it says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. So let's just set the stage real quick here, right? Jesus is preaching, he's teaching some things and what he's doing, he's teaching on the final judgment. And he's saying this, he's saying that he's coming back and there's gonna be a final judgment. And he says, in this final judgment, there's some things that he's going to judge us based upon. And one of the things he's going to judge us based upon is how we treat others, right? So check this out. Continues verse 34. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, 
the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. So this is the whole loving God part. But how do we love God? How do we show our love for God? It's how we treat our neighbors. And verse 37 says, Though in the righteous way answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? And clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Listen, how we treat others is a big deal. How we treat the least of his brothers and sisters, get that, his brothers and sisters, how we treat the least of these is a big deal. How we treat the broken, how we treat the poor, how we treat those that are in poverty is how we treat God. It's a big deal too. And here's why. Because they're his children. The broken, the poor, those that are in poverty, those are his children. Listen, we are his children. And it goes beyond us. It goes to all those who are broken that need him. And how we treat them is extremely important. Think about it this way. Listen, you can be super nice to me, right? You can be awesome to my face. You can be one of the most encouraging people. Listen, my, uh, one of my love languages is words of affirmation. Maybe you can figure that out. Maybe you listen to a sermon and you're like, oh, Corbin's love language is affirmation. I'm just going to pour into him, right? So maybe you're like, dude, I just want to be on his good side. I don't know why you'd want to, but anyways. But, but maybe you do. So you just start pouring words of affirmation into me. You're talking to me. You're telling me all these things and we're just connecting. I'm loving you. are like, dude, this is sweet. This is a, I'm like, this guy is just the greatest person ever because of all the things that they're telling me, right? And then you keep doing that, but then you realize I have two kids. And I have a boy and a girl. I realize that Berkeley and Griffin, they're sometimes a little bit wild, a little bit crazy. So you're still talking nice to me, but they drive you nuts, so you're mean to them. You tell them things, and you tell them things that are mean about them. You treat them poorly. Listen, guess what? If you do that, I don't care what you said nice about me, we're still going to have some problems, right? We're still going to have some issues. And this is the exact same thing. God is our heavenly father. He's the perfect father. And when we treat his kids the wrong way, he's going to stick up for them. When we treat his kids the wrong way, we're treating him the wrong way as well. So when we see someone that's hungry, guess what? That's a child of God. We need to feed him. When we see someone that's thirsty, it's a child of God. We need to give them a drink. When we see someone that's disconnected, we need to connect with them. Listen, one of the big things for us is to connect as a church. There's people that come in here. They feel far from God. They feel disconnected. And that's a, that's a serious, that's a real thing. What we want to do is we want to connect them to their maker, right? We want to take that stranger and invite them in. When we see someone that's naked, when we see someone that's living in shame, when we see someone that's been disgraced, that's a child of God that needs to be brought back to honor. And we need to do it. We need to clothe them. Right? When we see someone that's sick, we need to, we need to t- look after them. When we see someone that's, that's in prison, that's held captive. When we see someone that's held, by, held captive by an addiction to pornography, to drugs, to alcohol, whatever it is, let's say we can't shame them. We need to go back and we need to visit them. We need to walk them. We need to get them back to where God wants them to be and restore them back to who God called them to be. A child of who he is. A child of God. Listen, we're called to love our neighbor. And when we do, we're in turn, we're showing our love back for God, right? We're showing our love for God by the way we show love 
for others. Listen, this is a big deal, and this is pretty deep as well. Right? There's some depth behind this. In fact, one of the, the wisest men to ever walk the planet, a guy named Solomon, wrote this in Proverbs 19, verse 17. He said, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. This is a big deal. Right? There's some depth to this. But I think too many times what we do is we stay right on the surface level. Right? We live in a, a society, we might even have a mentality where we're only going to treat those, we're going to treat them as good as they're going to treat us. We're only going to be as nice as, as much as it, it benefits us. And when we do this, when we do this, we're overlooking the fact that how we treat our neighbors is really how we treat God. And when we don't, when we don't see others as God's children, instead we see them as a hassle, we see them as a nuisance to society, when we see them as a leech to our hard-earned money, like our hard-earned tax dollars, what we're doing is, is we're treating God poorly. And listen, I'll be honest. I'll be the first to admit, I found myself there before. I found myself feeling like there's other people that, that are a leech to certain things. I know these are some harsh words, but this is where we've been. And it's a bad place to find ourselves. I think many times we, this is how we feel. There's other times where we feel like we just don't have anything to give to. I'll just be honest. There's some times where we feel like we... What, what, difference are my, what difference am I going to make? So what do we do? We do nothing. But both of these are dangerous places to find ourselves. Both of these go against loving the neighbor. Both of these go against loving the neighbor as we love ourselves. Both of these go against loving those that are in poverty. And the results are not good. Check this out. Jesus goes on in verse 41 and he says this. He says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Can I get an amen? No, right? That's some harsh words. Those are some tough things, right? But this is what Jesus is saying. He says, for when I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat, I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will all answer, look, Lord, when did we, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison? And did not help you. And then we reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Let's just let that sit for a moment, right? He says, depart from me. You are cursed into an eternal fire, prepared for the devil. And he says, you go away into eternal punishment. So those are some harsh words. And I'm not, I'm, let me just tell you this. We're saved by the grace of God. We're not saved by anything we do. We're not saved by the works we do. We can't earn our way to heaven. We can't earn our way to a relationship with God. It's all through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ. But how we show our love for Jesus and how we show our love for, for God is shown in how we love others and how we treat others and how we treat our neighbors and how we treat our neighbors is a big deal it's a big deal right it's not just a suggestion but it's a mandate it's a mandate to love the poor it's a mandate to love the least of these and here's what's incredible when we do when we live this out when we love our neighbor we are we are blessed we are blessed jesus says and when we love the least of these that he tells us to come you who are blessed by my father when we love the least of these we are blessed by the father right he says, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you, experience eternal life. I think about that. 
how we treat others makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. So what instead of treating others in a way just, to, just for our immediate benefit, what if we actually showed the love of God? What if instead of thinking temporary, what we can get out of this person, what if we thought eternal and realized that what God gives us is greater than anything we could get from them in any ways, right? What if we treated people differently? What if we treated people not with just our love so that we get their love back? What if we treated people with God's love so that they experience the same thing we can experience as well? Listen, a blessing from God goes far beyond a blessing we can receive from another person. We can receive the, the inheritance of eternal life, a life with our Creator a life with our maker, a life with our heavenly father. And again, it starts, it starts with the question, won't you be my neighbor? And it's a question that has to be extended to the poor. It's a question that has to be extended to those in poverty. It's a question that, that has to be extended to those that are broken. Because we want that same question extended to us as well. So let me challenge you. Here's some things that how we do it. Here's some ways that, that we love those that are broken. Here's some ways that we love those that are in poverty. What we do is we have to help others change not just what they have, but how they think. Right? If poverty is a mindset, if the root of it is brokenness, the solution is more than just a handout. The solution is just more than just a handout. So we have to feed, quench, invite, clothe, look after, and visit in a way that changes not just what others have, but how they think. So let me just give you a three twos and three nots. Number one is this. Serve, serve others, not save others. Serve others, not save. Listen. To be honest, it's, it's insulting and it's dangerous to think that you're somebody's answer. It's, uh, it's pretty arrogant and it's pretty off-putting to, to think that you're somebody's savior. Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the only true savior, yet he still came to serve. Mark 10, 10 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So think about it. How can you serve instead of save? How can you serve others? How can you serve the broken? What is Jesus? What does he want you? And how does he want you to serve others? Right, for you, maybe, maybe for you is to, to serve in a way that gives some immediate relief. Maybe that's to, to jump in and, and to help and to walk alongside somebody that's going through a crisis immediately. Right? Maybe for you, maybe for you is to, to serve in a way that, that brings restoration. That completely restores something. That's building a long-term relationship. That's building, rebuilding wholeness, right? Listen, however God's challenged you, I want to challenge you. Don't just think that you can save, but instead serve. See, serve, serving takes a little bit out of us. And it, and it allows us to, to get on a playing field with others. So I want to challenge you to serve. Listen, at this church, we serve. We serve on Sunday mornings because we know that people walk in here broken. Many of us, we've walked in here broken before. So maybe for you, maybe part of your serving is to is actually to jump in and, and be a part of the church. Not just come, but be a part of the church and serve on our serve team. Whether that's through our through our tech team. Listen, we need people to jump in and, and help with tech. Maybe that's through our first impressions. How we make a first impression is a, is a big deal. Like hopefully if you were walking in here, I don't know if it was raining when you were walking in here or not, but hopefully if you walked in here when it was raining, you had an umbrella over your head because someone was carrying an umbrella for you. That's serving, right? That's serving. And that's just a little thing. But that little thing that shows that somebody cares for me and it goes back to the point that, man, they may be broken, but they feel, they feel whole by somebody actually showing care for them. Listen, jump in, serve. Again, kids' life. There's kids that walk in here. You have no clue what's going on in their home life. Some of you may because you may be part of the home life. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy, right? But listen, this is an opportunity to serve back and to help them, right? I want to challenge you to jump in. 
Another thing we do that you could serve as an opportunity that we serve as, as the church for our community is our Flory Park Meals. The last Saturday of every month, we actually uh, we serve food we, to the community. Uh, that we serve it in a building on Flory Park. It's right next to the YMCA. And then we also take about 25 plus meals just out around downtown. Okay. Listen, we're not saving anybody by these meals. But we're serving them. That's a way that we're connecting with them. What's incredible is there's, a, there's sometimes either from 10 to 30 people that will show up. But there's always a group of, of four to five people that, that show up every month. And to be honest, they might not even need a meal, but what they need is they need a group that they can come to, that they can sit down, they can talk with. They need somebody to serve them so that they know that they still have value. Listen, we need to do that. We need to jump in and do that. Maybe for you, maybe it's to jump in part of our team and serve at Flory Park, right? Maybe for you, maybe you've had this mentality that you need to be a savior, right? That you think you're going to come in, swoop in and be a hero. But listen, it's not about saving, it's about serving. So serve others, not save. Number two is relate with people, not rescue. Right? Relate with people, not rescue people. We're called to relate with our neighbor. We're called to relate to the broken. We're called to walk through it with them because the truth is we've all been there. We've all been broken before, right? And just as we're not the savior, we also cannot fix brokenness. See, God's job is to fix brokenness. It's who he is. It's what he does. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We're not called to rescue we're called to relate with them. We're called to share our experience. We're called to point them back to the one who actually can fix their brokenness, right? We're called to give empathy. We're called to do life together. And for some of us, for some of us to, to relate instead of rescue means we need to get more involved in other people's lives. Listen, I say that with a, with a grain of salt and the disclaimer on the fact that that doesn't mean you're going to get nosier in people's lives, right? That's a whole other message. <laughs> but it means you might actually need to, to, to get in and relate with people a little more. You might need to get a little bit more real. You might need to take that conversation beyond just, sir, hey, what's up? How are you doing today? Now, you might actually need to stop and listen to how they're doing today, right? When someone says, oh, well, I'm blessed. Listen, that's one of the cheesiest lines ever. Maybe take it a little bit deeper and say, are you really and what does that mean? Let's be honest here, right? Let's go a little deeper. Let's go beyond the surface and let's relate with people, right? Let's get involved in their lives, right? Maybe for you, maybe it's to, to get real with your own life. And to be able to share some of the brokenness that you've experienced. To be able to share some of the experiences that you've gone through that, that aren't the prettiest, that you've been hiding, but you know that God still showed up in the midst of it, right? Don't just share your brokenness. Share, share how God has showed up in the middle of the brokenness and been able to restore you, right? Share your story. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to relate with others. That's one of the greatest ways we do that within the church is through life groups. Life groups are an amazing way where we do life together. It's a way to connect with people where we go beyond just surface level. If you're not in a life group, let me just tell you, you're missing out. You're missing out. And the truth is you may not need a life group for you, but somebody might need to hear your story. And you're missing out on an opportunity to love others, to be the neighbor that God's called you to be. I want to challenge you to get involved, right? Get to know people, care for them. And when you're going through this, right, understand that those struggling aren't just projects you help, they're people you love. So relate, not rescue. Number three, Reach out, not down. Reach out, not down. When it comes to loving our neighbor, the truth is we're all on the same playing field. We're no better or no worse. When it comes to loving the broken, again, we've all been broken. So we don't have a pedestal that we're up talking from, that we're looking down from people. I should get down as we say that. No, we don't have that, right? We're no different. We're all on the same level. We're no higher, right? 
Therefore, we don't reach down, we reach out. Philippians 2, 3-4 through 4 says this, says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Reaching out involves humility, whereas reaching down involves pride. And here's the thing about pride. If you look at pride, if you take any issue that you're going through and you start peeling the onion back, or you take any sin issue that you're struggling with, if you take any broken relationship, if you take any of these things and start peeling it back, I can guarantee the root of it is going to be pride. So why would we want to neighbor others with pride? Why would we want to help the poor? How would we want to help those that are in poverty with pride when we know that all it leads to is more brokenness? All it leads to is more issues. All it leads to is more struggles. So instead of reaching down, let's reach out. And let's reach out with humility. Right? That involves us re- and it requires us to see value in others. It's not just what we have to give. It's what we, we can walk through together. It involves us really doing something for the benefit of others, not just for us. It really involves a check on our motivation. So what's your motivation to help? What's your motivation to be a good neighbor? Is it vain conceit or are you truly looking out to the interest of others? Listen, I want to challenge you to reach out, not down. And to start doing that, examine your motives. It's not an us versus them mentality, but it's all of us together. Author Brene Brown states this. It says, we divided the world into those who need help and to those who offer help. The truth is, we are both. The truth is we're all broken. Truth is we've all experienced poverty. So instead of ignoring it, instead of thinking we can't help, it's time to serve and not save. It's time to relate and not rescue. It's time to reach out and not down. And what this does, this will help others change not just what they have, but how they think. As we close, if you would, pull out the connection card in the seat back in front of you. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you would classify yourself as broken. Maybe you came here today, and maybe you feel spiritually poor. Maybe you're here today, and you feel like your relationship with God is is just that it's broken, or never even started. Listen, what I want to do is I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to change that right now, right here. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.